You're listening to Kyle Warren. Well, we are saying farewell to 2020 here on this New Year's Eve edition of the program. We have a lot to talk about, and you may be hearing this later on on the weekend. If so, it's already 2021. But nevertheless, Happy New Year to everybody out there. As I said, we have a lot to talk about. We've got uh, the stock market closing at uh, records for 2020. We've got a new year coming that will hopefully be a lot better for so many people who have struggled so badly during 2020. And of course, we remember those that we've lost. Stay with us, folks. All right, welcome everyone around the globe and across the net. Kyle Warren with you and a great pleasure to be with you here on this New Year's Eve edition of the program. It is December 31st. 2020. This is a day that so many people have been waiting for. Uh, it's it is very very symbolic, I think, in terms of how we're responding to all the different events, all the different struggles, all of the different challenges of 2020. And here we are, folks. We're about to turn the page into 2021. Yes, I know. In so many ways, it's not something that we're looking forward to in terms of the incoming Biden administration, the way that the election has gone. But nevertheless, I do think we are going to continue to hear just amazing stories about people who are persevering through really what are the most challenging times we've seen in the last 50 years or so. And I think we're going to continue to hear these kinds of stories. We're going to continue to see neighbor helping neighbor. We're going to continue to see the torch of uh, the American spirit continue to burn bright. I don't think it's going to fade out. Uh, We do have our challenges ahead. But folks, we have a a great ways of dealing with uh, things that an incoming Biden machine uh, is going to want to do uh, uh, in our country. And all of that starts locally. We'll talk a little bit more about it as the program goes on. Uh, but uh, but we've got, uh, we've got uh, a lot of different avenues in terms of changing our local electoral um, landscape and so forth in order to make sure that, uh, that we're able to move forward here in this country. So once again, welcome to the program, everybody. Yes, I do want to strike an optimistic tone. It is New Year's. Year's Eve, and I really do think that 2021 is going to be better in many different ways. Uh, but once again, as I said, welcome to the program, and uh, don't forget, I'll be a guest later on this evening on the Captain's America Third Watch radio program uh, with host Captain Matt Bruce, of course, going out along the Salem Media Group of stations, also along the GCN network as well, and all that starts up at 11.05 p.m. Pacific, 2.05 a.m. Eastern Time. Simply go to Kyle Warren Show. For links to listen live to the captain's flagship station of AM860, The Answer, there in Tampa, Florida. And of course, by the time I'm on the captain's program, it will be 2021 on the East Coast. But we'll still have about an hour left here on the West Coast. And so we'll ring in the new year again at midnight uh, West Coast time on the Captain's America 
And uh, so I hope that you can join us. Uh, the captain and I will have a complete wrap up of all of the day's uh, different uh, political uh, uh, news, uh, coronavirus news, and other news that you might not be hearing about too much uh, in the mainstream media, and also any other news that breaks along the third watch overnight in america uh so once again folks glad that you're with me here today on the program uh we're going to talk about mitch mcconnell and the gop senate um in terms of the stimulus uh, increasing the stimulus checks now a lot of people are already receiving those checks or I should say the direct deposits, checks will be on their way uh, if you don't have your direct deposit uh, information with the IRS. But the rule of thumb we understand is that if you received a direct deposit in the first stimulus package, uh, that's what you'll get now. Uh, if you received a, a paper check in the first stimulus package, that's what you'll get now. The only other rub could be that uh, if you changed your bank, uh, or if you moved, uh, so again, some of that may be uh, uh, the uh, maybe a rub and all that. Uh, but again, I think the IRS and I understand it was overwhelmed or wasn't functioning uh, correctly their website for tracking it. Hopefully, that's been corrected. Uh, but you can certainly go onto the IRS website, and they should have their mechanism there for you to be able to track your stimulus payment um, and uh, be able to make, I'm sure, hopefully any changes uh, if necessary. Uh, but at any rate, folks, we will talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about U.S. Senator uh, Purdue from Georgia. He's having to quarantine after being uh, uh, in contact with uh, those, I think, who had uh, been exposed to the virus. Uh, we've got other news to tell you about what's going on in China. Uh, we've got a great sound clip from Gordon Chang uh, regarding, uh, you know, moving forward here after the the 2020 election and how the landscape looks, especially for China. China, again, also struggling from what we can tell, <clears throat> pardon me, folks, in terms of their own vaccine development. Uh, so that's, I think, going to be a, a real major factor. Uh, but let's start with this, though. This from Reuters. Wall Street closes out wild pandemic year with Dow and S&P at records. Dateline New York, U.S. stocks ended a tumultuous year uh, with the Dow and S&P 500 at records as the three major U.S. equity indexes notched solid to spectacular yearly gains despite an economy upended by the COVID-19 virus as investors looked to a post-pandemic world. In a year that marked the end of the longest bull market on record, as pandemic-induced government lockdowns battered the global economy, equities stormed back, with the S&P 500 climbing more than 66% from its March 23 low, resulting in the shortest bear market in history. The gains, which sent the Dow and S&P to record highs to close out the year and the Nasdaq to a record earlier this week, were fueled in part by massive fiscal and monetary stimulus put in place to buttress the economy, reeling from the coronavirus fallout, as well as progress on a vaccine. <clears throat> Pardon me, folks. Yeah, I do think that the notion that if, if we weren't, you know, um, talking about, you know, distributing the vaccine, and some are saying it's not getting distributed fast enough. Joe Biden, of course, is saying that. Uh, what else is he going to say? But uh, but basically, if if we weren't even in the ballpark of distributing a, a vaccine, 
um, I don't think we'd be seeing any of these sort of high marks uh, in the uh, in the stock market uh, at all, um, because without it, uh, we would continue into all together now the long dark winter of joe biden that joe biden keeps telling us about um but it was of course because of donald trump pardon me folks i had to hit the cough button it was of course because of president trump and operation warp speed that's even got us to this place and um so uh, things could be a lot worse uh, than what we're seeing right now, obviously. And of course, we're looking now towards what they call the Christmas surge two weeks after Christmas, two weeks after uh, New Year's. Uh, It's going to get worse. It's the long, dark winter of Joe Biden. He said that in the debate. Um, And quite frankly, folks, I I hope that that's not right. I hope that we don't have the long, dark winter of COVID-19. But certainly when we see that there are now the um, there's another confirmed case. We talked about this yesterday. There's at least two in the United States of the variant. Um, I fear that we will see more uh, variant confirmed cases. Uh, That's the variant out of the UK. Um, And I think that that is in and of itself going to become uh, a major factor in this. And hopefully uh, they are correct. Pardon me again. Hopefully they are correct that. Uh, the the vaccine is going to completely uh, cover this new variant. It it absolutely has to. Um, but again, uh, for the year, the S and P gained about sixteen percent. The Dow roughly seven percent, and the Nasdaq more than forty three percent, which marked the biggest yearly gain for the tech heavy index since two thousand and nine. Now again. A lot of this has to do with the fact that the Trump economy was going so well, we hit the wall with COVID, but because the Trump economy was so strong and people had the notion of being able to get back to work and being able to get their um, you know, their, their, their business going again. And they knew that they could do it if the lockdowns weren't there, for example, and they knew that they would bounce back it again. If we didn't have the vaccine on operation warp speed, if we didn't have the, the great Trump economy, basically going into this, we'd be having an entirely different story. It's going to be hard as you know, what, uh, as it is, but uh, without those, that fundamental underlying of that, um, it would it would be near impossible. Okay, folks, quick break. Stay right there. You're listening to Kyle Warren. If you're a veteran looking to file for your service-connected benefits through the Department of Veterans Affairs, don't go it alone. AMVET's highly trained service officers stand ready to walk you through the process at VA regional offices around the country, helping you to navigate the complex VA system free of charge. With new presumptions for Agent Orange exposure and other conditions, AMVETS can offer you the advice you need to finally receive all of your earned benefits. In 2009 alone, AMVETS helped process more than 65,000 claims and appeals, securing more than $410 million in benefits. To find your nearest AMVETS service officer or to learn more, visit at amvets.org. Hey, I'm going out to buy those shelves for the closet. Oh, will you pick up 800 lumen bulbs? Honey, I love you, but 800 more flowers? You'll give the neighbors a real reason to think we're wacky. <laughs> Not flower bulbs, light bulbs. Come on, Dad. Lumens tell you how bright a bulb is. Our 60-watt bulbs give off about 800 lumens. We can replace them with new 800 lumen bulbs. Bulbs just as bright that use much less energy. So, we'll save money. Yes, 
And we can use that money to increase my allowance. Right. <laughs> Wise guy. Worth a try. So, you got that? Got it. No tulips, no watts, 800 lumens, and more savings. He got it. Lumens, the new way to shop for light. Learn more at energysavers.gov. That's energysavers.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Energy. After a long, hard day in the rough-and-tumble world of politics, open a tall, cool Kyle Warren show. Ah, that crisp, refreshing taste. That smooth style. That effervescing attitude. And without all that other stuff that can, well, bog you down. Helping to put back what the daily media assault takes away, listen to The Kyle Warren Show weekdays right here on this station and visit the website at kylewarrenshow.com. I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook. Class is in session with the professor of politics, Kyle Warren. Yes, it is. And thank you, Mr. Ron Edwards. And we're going to hear from Ron just a little bit later in the program with a brand new Edwards Notebook for you. And folks, don't forget you can go to kylewarrenshow.com. That's kylewarrenshow.com. And you can find me on Parlor. we got the links right there. Ron Parler at Kyle Warren Show. You can also find me on Facebook and Twitter, social media, and you can also subscribe to the program. And we keep going up and up and up in 2020 and in 2021, I'm sure. And that is because of you, the listeners. Thanks to everybody out there who are subscribing to the program, uh, for sharing the program on your own social media, uh, for liking the show, for telling your friends about the show. We really appreciate it. We wouldn't be here without you. And uh, once again, uh, we're just very, very grateful. And if you're new to the program, and if you like what we do here, we do ask that you consider subscribing to the show you can go to kylewarrenshow.com and there you can find the big beautiful subscribe button and there are different ways to do that also different uh, uh, podcast listings uh, uh, list the program as well so welcome to everybody uh, listening on apple podcasts on google podcasts on uh, Castbox and and uh, uh, podcast republic and also spotify as well just to name a few and some of those uh, uh, services i believe you might be able to subscribe through them uh, as uh, as well. So uh, however you're hearing the program, we're glad about it. We appreciate it. And we're glad that you're on board. Okay, so we are going to talk about Mitch McConnell and the, uh, uh, the stimulus uh, bill uh, possible increase. It's not looking good. But before we get to that, this uh, on Fox News, uh, Black Lives Matter <clears throat> calls for monthly stimulus checks for families crushed by pandemic. Black Lives Matter said Thursday the $600 stimulus payment included in the government's most recent coronavirus relief package is far too little to support struggling families and is demanding monthly checks instead. Black lives, uh, fa- black families rather, are struggling to keep roofs over their heads, food in their bellies, and health care covered. This isn't about a stimulus. This is about survival, and $600 ain't it. We demand monthly checks, the group said in a post on Twitter. 
BLM did not respond to Fox News's inquiries, a uh, query rather, as to whether it had approached the incoming Biden administration about monthly checks. On Monday, House lawmakers passed a standalone bill that would raise the direct payment amounts distributed to American households under the new COVID-19 relief bill from 600 to 2000, a move backed by President Trump, uh, who initially held off on signing because he viewed the checks as inadequate. So where this is going to go, I don't know in terms of, of this demand, but but I do know this. I do know this um, in terms of the political aspect of all of this, and I don't disagree. I, I think people are hurting um, the six hundred dollars. Uh, this is why we've been advocating. I've been advocating. Yes, I think they should up the checks um, for this particular bill, uh, not because um, you know, uh, or, or rather, I should say, because people are in an emergency situation across the country, uh, no matter what color they are, race they are, whatever. Uh, everybody seems to be hurting in one form or another um, and these um, uh, these checks based on the income levels and so forth uh, should help a lot um, now again now I understand as I've said before I understand the the idea of of, of spending um, the and the deficit uh, and the um, uh, you know where is this money coming from I get it um, but if we're talking 600 between 600 and 2,000 um, I, I think that um, at this point, because of the emergency situation, um, we do need to find a way to help the people. Uh, and uh, if we don't do that, uh, not only are we going to continue to see these problems exacerbated, but we're also going to see, I think, a major political fallout in the Georgia runoff elections. Um, so I think that's the political reality of it. But first and foremost, <clears throat> pardon me again, is just the, the idea of helping the people that that really need it now whether black lives matter is going to get um uh, the biden people to do monthly checks that remains to be seen but i do know this is what i was going to say just a few moments ago the the um the conflict shall we say between the joe biden machine and the progressives and the other special interest groups like black lives matter is is far from over it is in fact i think it's going to get worse and i hate to say that and i'm sorry to say that but i do think it's going to get a lot worse i don't think you're going to have some kind of harmonious thing between the biden machine uh and uh, all these other special interest groups or the other factions that have folded into somehow the democrat party namely the democrat socialists or the progressives as they like to call themselves but they are not going to get what they want from biden ultimately um other than maybe window dressing now now by the way this is not meant to be taken in the sense that well biden's going to head off the 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 bad progressives <laughs> i don't think i'm not saying that i don't think he'd even be doing that for the reasons that you and i would want to head off the progressives in that sense um but i do think that there's going to be a lot of friction biden wants to do uh these ridiculous and bizarre and and bad policies anyway or certain versions of them um but the war for power 
because that's what this is a war is about in the Democrat Party, about the power, whether it's AOC or Omar and the squad and and others, Bernie Sanders, for example, and so on and so forth. Their power struggle is actually going to intensify and not simply it's not going to it's not going to just sort of even out and all the waves will go away and it just be this wonderful sort of serene, you know, pond of meditation on on democrat stuff or what it's it's not going to happen and um in fact i just think it's going to get a lot worse um and um so that's what we're going to be going to be watching for now of course it won't be in the media as much it won't be really talked about in the media to the point where there's going to be a lot of chaos ensuing i think the media will continue to do what they can to help the biden machine but even that being said, that being said, um, there were some reporters there. They're pretty uh, ticked off, I think, at this point that the Biden machine decided to stop the Zoom room, uh, the Zoom chat room or something where they could ask questions because they were starting to ask like questions. And what I, I think what happened, and I'll just try to be a little funny here for the New Year's Eve edition. I think that they didn't get the memo or if they got the memo, maybe they thought it was a joke that, aha, your role is now changed from adversary trying to take down an administration to stenographer to tell the world what the administration tells you to tell them. What is what are you allowed to tell them? And again, I'm just trying to be a little funny, you know, to to sort of illustrate this idea. And and maybe maybe they don't get it. Maybe they don't they don't understand that they they have become stenographers or they are supposed to be stenographers now, basically. Um, in fact, and I use that word aloud, you know, you see the the late night comedy programs and these kinds of things. It's it's interesting because there's the um sort of the 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 illusion that well they're doing what they want to do see it's all about free speech and they can criticize and all that kind of stuff well of course that's 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 the essence of free speech by the way the essence of free speech is being able to criticize the government um and i think it's it's that's that's more of the meat of it rather than to really say anything uh, hurtful or these kinds of things and of course we interpret it to be so uh, but generally speaking, I think in the constitutional sense, it's uh, the, the founding fathers, I think, wanted you to be able to criticize the government openly or criticize policies and this kind of thing. Um, but uh, and of course, we do have the right to say what we want. In fact, we have the right to say what we want so much that it's a two way street. You can say what you want and then other people can decide whether to buy your product or not, or they can decide whether to associate with you or not, this kind of thing. So it's, it, we're free agents in that sense. But in this sense, the late night comedy shows may appear to be, well, they're criticizing and this, and it's all about freedom and freedom of speech. And of course it is, but here's the thing. Can they turn around and begin to be adversarial and really want to take down the Biden administration? I don't think so. I, I just don't I don't see it happening. I don't see 
um, the mainstream media really going after Joe Biden um, or Kamala Harris, for that matter, and say, you know, you know, you're you said this and, and you've been you've incensed the people on this and on and, and on. In other words, they will never come up with a Trumpian store sort of treatment of Biden. You know why? Because generally speaking, it's just not allowed. Okay, folks, a quick break. When we come back, we'll tell you more about Mitch McConnell. Uh, We've got a great uh, audio clip of Gordon Chang and a lot of other stuff as well. So be sure to stay right there as we continue through this New Year's Eve edition of the broadcast. You're listening to Kyle Warren. Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. A short time out, then back with more. So stay right there. Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. Stay tuned for the Edwards Notebook right here on the Kyle Warren Show. Both Joe Biden and Dr. Anthony Fauci have stated that we would experience a dark winter. They were referring to a second round of Corona China virus. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, initially when both Dr. Fauci and Biden proclaimed a dark winter of more Corona China virus misery, it wasn't understood that the Corona China virus wasn't exactly mutating or weakening like most real viruses do, but instead continue to spread without any mutation and weakening, which usually occurs with natural viruses. I find it ironic that Great Britain, which has been trying to free itself from the clutches of the European Union, while the United States, via the Trump administration, has been battling against the numerous undermining elements of the globalist deep state, are both reeling from the predicted resurgence of the corona China virus. Leftist politicians throughout both Great Britain and the United States have used the scandemic to restrict business activity to the point of destroying the middle class and to also shutter Jewish and Christian houses of worship. We've got to stop this, my fellow Americans. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Let every nation know, whether it wishes us well or ill, that we shall pay any price bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. You're listening to Kyle Warren. All right, welcome back, everybody. Kyle Warren with you. Welcome back as we continue racing through and rocketing through this Thursday edition of the program. It is Thursday, the New Year's Eve edition of the program, December 31st. We're getting ready to say goodbye to 2020 and say hello to 2021. Now, as I said in the top of the show today, I think it's a very important symbolic change that is going on. And that is, of course, because psychologically, uh, everybody's ready for uh, the, the new calendar year to start. They're, they're ready for 
something better to uh, to happen. They're waiting for something new to happen uh, that's going to uh, that that's going to uh, uh, it's, it's just be better than what we've been going through over these last many many months. And this year is as a drug buy. It feels like it's so long ago that the uh, original March lockdown occurred and and so forth. And it just seems like we've been through so much. We've now been through the holidays. We've gone through, you know, Halloween and and Thanksgiving and now Christmas. And here we are at New Year's and we're not really able to get together. Some states, of course, are open, uh, but others uh, like California are not. Um, there's going to be I understand and I I think this is going to be primarily in the L.A. area, uh, but they're going to be going around looking for New Year's parties, for example. And who would have ever thought that we'd see the like of this kind of thing uh, ever uh, in our in our country? A lot of people are taking precautions, of course, um, especially the elderly. Uh, a lot of people are not spending time with their elderly relatives um, because uh, they want them to stay more isolated in the sense of of contact. Uh, because a lot of times the uh, younger folks will will be in more contact with more people out and about um, than some of their elderly relatives, for example. Uh, but it's very hard. It's hard psychologically, um, and it's it's hard uh, on our psyche. It's just a very very sad thing because we're not designed to be solitary uh, 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 people. We're we're not we're not supposed to be solitary souls. We're we're supposed to be able to interact. And of course, we've had some uh, a degree of that with online. Uh, a lot of people on Facebook uh, send me messages and so forth. That's wonderful. Um, people are now doing Zoom meetings with family members or FaceTiming on their phones and, and things like this, uh, opening uh, Christmas presents over the uh, video chat and so forth. Um, and all that is helpful. Um, but uh, it's it's a sad substitute, of course, for for what people really need, and that is the ability to to get together, whether uh, to get together just to um, hang out, um, you know, celebrate things, uh, go to church, for example. Um, so all these things, I hope, are going to start getting better in 2021. I saw an article yesterday about Dr. Fauci, of course, and uh, I like what Tucker calls him from time to time. I heard him call him this once a president. President Fauci, when said now, President Fauci seems to think that, um, you know, we'll have a much better handle on things as we get into the fall or something like that or, you know, into next year. And he's upped his estimates on the on the herd immunity, as it were. Um, but uh, I can't imagine that six, eight, ten months from now, we're going to be in the same boat. Uh, if we are, I, you know, who knows how things are going to work out at that point. But I do know this. I do know that the people out there, the people I've talked to, the people that we hear about, uh, we hear from on the programs, on this program, on the Captain's America program, um, there's a lot of resiliency out there. And uh, people are going. Uh, they're going to endure, um, I believe. And uh, we're going to be right there with you every step of the way in 2021 
Uh, Joe Biden's likely, of course, going to be inaugurated on January the 20th. Um, and he'll talk about his mask mandate and and on it will go. And they'll try to defer to him, of course, as being this new the new covid hero. And he's got to have something, some claim to fame that he's fighting the virus and shutting down the virus and all that. But at the same time, if you're going to shut down the virus and you've got people who are literally going to go out of business or who have already gone out of business or lost their job because the company they work for went out of business or because they can't pay their rent and now they're going to lose their 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 apartment or their home um, and so on and so forth. If we don't have something in place to help them uh, in some way, and I think the best way is to get the economy going somehow, um, then we're going to have a lot more misery. And uh, that's not going to be a Trump problem. I'll tell you that. Uh, that's going to be a Biden problem. Um, and uh, but again, we'll see how uh, the Biden machine, how they um, uh, how they react to all this. And it can't just be platitudes. It can't just be campaign slogans. And I fear that that's a lot of that's is what that's going to be. Don't worry, I'm shutting down the virus, you one horse pony or something, you know, some weird thing like that. And then he'll kind of wave and he'll walk off the stage again. And it just it just is going to be maddening. So that's why at the local level and this is so important at the local level, this is where people really need to pay attention now. They really need to start voting. Um, and a lot of people do. But I think it's going to have to be a lot more critical mass uh, of that happening. Uh, to make sure that from literally from the ground up, from the foundation up from your local government to to county, state and then federal, that we build this this uh, government back. Um, and can I borrow a phrase here? Can we build it back better? <laughs> In fact, that's we should just take that phrase right now. It's a build back better. But what are you talking about? Well, we're going to start at the local level. We're going to make sure that people um, who share our values, who really will follow the science uh, and all this stuff, uh, that there really are going to be. In other words, we've got to have a way of dealing with this. We have to have a way of 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 moving forward with this we can't tell people just stay in your houses indefinitely that's not a plan it's not an answer it's 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 and it doesn't even seem to work you know i saw a report the person who has the covid variant or something they don't they don't know where they got it or something they wore a mask or something like that and other people will say the same thing they don't know where they got this uh you know uh, regular quote unquote regular covid19 um and so if that's the case, how is this thing spreading? And so I sometimes I fear that we, we're not even really looking at the science because the scientific aspect of this has just become another political weapon. And I'm all for science. I love science. I enjoyed studying science when I was in school. Um, I still like learning about science now. Uh, but the problem is, is that if you have political leadership that simply says we're following the science and Joe Biden, I, I trust in science, you know, that kind of thing. And no miracle is coming. I mean, she whiz. I mean, this is a leader. What? Um, you know, it's just it's really sad. But I don't think that 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 they are following the science per se. I think that they're, they're using that phraseology to shut you up. 
because that means you can't ask a question. Well, how does that work? Well, nope, we're following the science. And if you deviate from what we're saying, then you're not following the science. You're unscientific. You're an anti-scienceite or something like that. And it just would go on and on. And um, it's just really, really maddening because, again, they have found that they can exploit this in a political way. And so I'm all, I want to keep people safe. I want to keep my family safe. I want to keep my friends safe. I want to keep my neighbors safe. Everybody wants to be safe. Nobody wants anybody to be in danger. I think that is, that is a given. But at the same time, they also know that if we can live our lives and if we can have reasonable precautions, that we can, we can have economic interaction where people don't go hungry. I mean, this is important stuff, but the big time politicians, man, they think they think, hey, as long as we keep telling people we're following the science, they got to do what we what we say. And then we have a lot more power. That's that's the problem here. Not about keeping people safe or not about doing the right thing with the virus. It's all political. Stay right there. You're listening to Kyle Warren. This is Chicago-style hot dog here. I'm not feeling too good. Turns out, along with all the other bad things my cholesterol does, they say it's a risk factor for strokes. Strokes? Sheesh. Good news from National Stroke Association. Exercising, eating right, and asking your doctor about medicines that can help lower your cholesterol, like statins, may reduce the risk of a first stroke. And if you've already had a stroke, it's even more important you lower your cholesterol. Lower your chances of stroke by controlling your cholesterol. Visit stroke.org today. Hey, John, I just heard you got a new computer. Congratulations. Thanks. It's the coolest thing. What will you do with your old computer? I don't know. I guess I'll just throw it away. Well, my company just bought new computers, and we decided to donate the old PCs to a place that gives them to local schools. You could do something like that. Seriously, who would want a three-year-old computer? Hey, it might be great for someone else. Computers can be refurbished and reused instead of ending up in the trash. By passing it on, you can help the community and the environment. If you're replacing your company's IT equipment or you're finished using your personal computer, pass it on to a local organization that accepts computers. To learn more, log on to epa.gov slash pass it on. This message was brought to you by EPA, Dell, Intel, HP, NEC, Philips, and this radio station. On behalf of EPA's plug-in to e-cycling partnership, EPA does not endorse any commercial services or products of these groups. For information on all partners, log on to epa.gov slash plugin. In sports, five games were featured in hockey action last week. Every year, millions of people rely on portable generators when they lose access to electricity. But some of them don't understand that a portable generator's carbon monoxide emissions can kill if their generators are used indoors. So we're here to clear the air. Always take your generator outside, away from windows and doors. When you take it outside, you distance yourself from the dangers of carbon monoxide. For more safety tips, visit TakeYourGeneratorOutside.com. Have you saved a life today? We organize a blood drive at our school. My blood type is O. They really need that. Have you saved a life today? I have cancer, but I make sure all my friends know how important it is to give blood. My blood helps heart patients or accident victims. Have you saved a life today? No, but today, someone's blood saved my son. The American Red Cross. Call 1-800-GIVE-LIFE. 
Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. I'd like to hear from you about the things we're talking about on the program. Go to kylewarrenshow.com, click on Send Kyle a Message, or send it to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Show. I'm Ron Edwards, host of The Edwards Notebook, and you're being schooled by Kyle Warren, the professor of politics. (laughs) Yes, that's right, and thank you once again, Mr. Ron Edwards, host of The Edwards Notebook, of course. And folks, welcome back as we continue racing through, rocketing through the New Year's Eve edition of the program and we have so much more to tell you about and of course we know that uh, Mitch McConnell is uh, uh, not having a vote uh, in the uh, Senate now this is this is pretty big-time stuff there's no doubt about it pretty big-time stuff Uh, if Mitch McConnell is not going to uh, allow this to uh, uh, pass the Senate or come up for the the vote, um, I think it's going to have devastating effects on the Georgia runoffs. Uh, We're hearing this already. People are saying, well, that makes me upset. I don't want to vote for the Republicans. The Republicans aren't helping us, et cetera, et cetera. Now, conceptually, I think it's, it's so important that the Republicans do not lose the majority in the u.s senate um and and that particular issue and i think transcends the issue right now on the stimulus now i do think they should increase it um i think that um that would be uh, again for this one-time thing i think it would be an important uh, addition because there was no other stimulus for all the rest of 2020 after the first one um, and we're trying to help people as much as we can. But conceptually, if the Republicans do not maintain the majority in the Senate, the simple fact of the matter is that the Biden machine, the people that run the Biden machine, whoever they might be, uh, but uh, you know what I'm talking about. But the idea is that, you know, this whole thing of of this this Biden thing that's coming into office um they're going to get whatever they want and whatever they want is going to coincide pretty much with uh, whatever Chucky Schumer wants and whatever Nancy Pelosi wants. And that's not going to coincide with what I think most of the American people will want. You know, during this entire time of seeing these challenges to the voter, you know, challenges about the voter fraud, um, People have been getting this preview of coming attractions of a Biden administration. And what they've seen should be pretty scary, not only domestically, because there's a laundry list of stuff there, but not only domestically, but internationally, foreign policy wise. When we're looking at what's happening are going to be happening more than likely with Iran, the Iran deal, for example, um, we don't know exactly Uh, how things are going to pan out with China um, if suddenly they get uh, Joe Biden, who I think they've always wanted to be there, basically, Um, and how that's going to work out. But we've got this preview of coming attractions. It should be scary, like a horror movie scary. And the one way to make sure that that is minimized, it can't be stopped altogether, but minimized is going to be the Republicans' 
keeping control of the U.S. Senate. That is the overriding factor. So if you're listening in Georgia, and believe me, I think I do, I think everybody understands exactly what you are saying if you are unhappy or upset at the GOP because we're not seeing this pass in the Senate anytime soon, the increase. But please put it in the context of whether or not we go another four years where we may not see the ability to get a Republican elected to anything. I'm not trying to be overly dramatic, but the idea is that there's so much damage that can be done in four years uh, or even over two years. Because in two years, we have a very, very good chance of seeing the House turn over to Republican control. Nancy Pelosi has had a disaster on her hands. Um, and generally speaking, you wouldn't see her get reelected to the Speaker's position uh, under these kinds of circumstances. You probably will, but under normal circumstances, I don't think it would happen um, for another Speaker, for example. Um, but uh, that's the overriding factor here. But this from Bloomberg, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell on Wednesday closed off chances of a Senate acting anytime soon on a House bill that would give most Americans $2,000 stimulus payments. The Kentucky Republicans said the House legislation approved in a bipartisan vote Monday has no realistic path to quick passage in the Senate, in the Senate that is, and that it falls short of the demands of President Donald Trump. Um, he again blocked an attempt by Democrat leader Chucky Schumer to adopt a House bill to increase the payments to $2,000 from the 600 by unanimous consent. The Senate instead will work on combining the stimulus payments with measures on election integrity and rolling back the social media liability protections, he said. That responds to all three issues Trump has said he wants, but a bill melding them likely will alienate enough senators, senators in both parties to leave prospects for bigger stimulus payments dead in the Senate. Well, that's the problem. And uh, we're, you know, this is a very, very dangerous game that uh, that Mitch McConnell is playing. Yes, the president did want the 230 liability shield and all that taken away or looked at, uh, plus the investigation into election fraud. But again, it's interesting because I think the overriding factor for 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 this uh, for this uh, issue in Georgia is that the overriding factor is that the Republicans remain uh, taken continue with control. The over overriding factor um, for uh, for the actual Georgians themselves is they want the $2,000 stimulus package. But the overriding factor, again, is don't let this don't let the Senate fall to the Democrats. And yet, um, you know, we're going to see, you know, what happens here. Um, OK, so let's see here. Um, yeah, let's let's listen in real briefly on Newsmax. They had a great interaction just recently here with gordon chang author uh has got another book coming out the coming collapse of china uh and uh, let's let's listen in because they've got a great question about the 2020 election and moving forward and where china sits in all of this or what they stand to gain let's let's listen in Gordon, uh, you know, Axios put out a story this week that said basically China won from an economic standpoint. China won 2020. Now, look, we know that the uh, the virus was intended, and many people believe, to sow economic chaos in the West. Uh, and uh, their economy is the only one that's growing. They're selling products related to COVID-19. Um, there is clearly... Um, uh, clearly economic, uh, it, it, it created the economies of, of a number of countries. 
Is their strategy working here? Well, 2020 is a very good year for the Communist Party, and for various reasons. It's had record exports for the reasons you talk about and all the rest of it. But I think if we look down a year and a half, two years, it's going to be a very different story. No society is going to recover unless it has an effective uh, uh, and safe vaccine. U.S. has two of them, Pfizer and Moderna. China, even though it had a head start of months on trying to develop a vaccine, still doesn't have anything that has cleared phase three trials. So, yes, China can win the propaganda war. It can sell a lot of personal protective equipment around the world. But eventually we're going to catch up. And I think it's going to become clear which is the stronger society. Yeah, we, we got to catch up here. You know, the interesting thing to me is you look over the last year and China has mainly been a Republican talking point and it's been so politicized that you've had Democrats not want to be a part of the conversation at all. We've had many Republicans on this show who are a member or part of this China task force. No Democrat wanted to join that. Um, but what I wonder is if we have actually done enough to hold them accountable. Do you feel like this is the right approach by doing a China task force um, or, or what else should we be doing? Well, we should be holding China accountable. And the one thing that President Trump did, and a lot of people complained about it, including Americans who support the Communist Party, President Trump held China accountable by imposing costs. I think we should impose even greater costs. Um, we should be cutting trade, investment, research partnerships, all the rest of it. But nonetheless, we started down this road. And he is he has taken a number of steps that can be very difficult for a President Biden to unwind. But clearly, we haven't done enough. And the reason why we need to hold China accountable is because this is not the last disease that's going to come from China. And they maliciously spread this. If they think they can do it again, we're going to go through COVID-21, 20, 20, uh, COVID 22, 23. God knows what else. Well, there you have Gordon Chang appearing on Newsmax uh, TV. That was from Spicer and Company, by the way. Um, and I thought it was a great quote, and that's why we wanted to bring it to you today. Well, again, you know, everything now, post-COVID, post-election, post-2020, everything, I think, is sitting in a very different space than it was just um, just a few, uh, with, with our short months, but it seemed like long months ago. Um, and where we're going to go from here um, is anybody's guess. But of course, what Joe Biden had going on with China, his son Hunter and so forth, all that I think is going to start coming out in the mix uh, as we go through 2021. And so we're going to have to stay tuned. It's I think it's going to be very, very interesting, to say the least. All right, folks, well, we're coming up to the um, final moments for the show today. Final show of 2020. And I just want to say, first of all, a happy new year to everybody out there. We've gone through a lot of challenges. We've lost a lot of people, too. And that's a very, very sad thing. But we're going to honor their memory, too, by doing well in 2021, helping each other and moving forward, no matter what, no matter what. So, folks, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever your hopes are for 2021, I want to wish you the very, very best. Thank you for listening throughout the year, and we'll see you in 2021. God bless you all, and Happy New Year. You're listening to Kyle Warren.